you know, losing 65 kilos, gaining some of it back, going through those struggles, uh, having life stressors come my way and, you know, navigating my weight loss journey through that. When you come out on the other side of your anxiety attack, without having it being suppressed with food or any addiction for that matter, you come out such a new person. While we're trying to change a habit, we're also trying to build trust with yourself. You know, so if you tell yourself, don't have the snack today, have it tomorrow, give yourself the, sna the snack tomorrow, but plan for it. And then COVID hit and then work got really stressful and I gained all the weight back. It's such a common pattern. Um, and food is always the common denominator between all of that. I just couldn't stop, you know, I couldn't stop. Hi, I'm Laure Sejan, a former HR director turned into a pro makeup artist and a beauty editor. In this podcast, I want to share another way of looking at beauty from the outside and from the inside, from people who create beauty trends to people who help us feel better within our body, from sharing my experience with some beauty products to digging into new ingredients. Welcome to Beauty S'il vous plaît. It's recording on Zoom and I'm super happy and we're going to keep it <laughs> that way. <laughs> so um, today, again, another amazing guest that I'm having, a woman that is inspiring me by her positivity, her, her joy, her kindness. Um, today, I'm having Natasha de Souza, a weight loss and eating emotional coach and a transformation transformation coach as well. Um, I discovered Natasha on social media and I believe on Instagram. I, I was trying to remember if, you know, we met before I met you to do like um, your makeup and to do this amazing um, uh, video that we did together. Um, but then I was like, No, I think it was just like, you know, I approached you, I told you, you look gorgeous. I want to do your makeup. Let's do that. And, <laughs> and this is it. <laughs> you did an amazing job. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Thank you. I mean, it was, uh, we had so much fun with, uh, uh, with you doing, you know, this, uh, this gorgeous look with the pearls on your, on your hair and, um, and, and I'm still getting like so many compliments on, uh, On, on how gorgeous you know you you look you know, with me I mean obviously like you look amazing today I look how fresh you know you look <laughs> yeah, so, I, I I took extra care when I put on my makeup today I was like Laura's gonna be watching so <laughs> take some extra effort please <laughs> and then you see me with nearly like no makeup and said okay she didn't put that much effort <laughs> yeah but you you transform like this <laughs> so Natasha, I could I could do like you know a longer introduction of you, um, but I believe it's always better you know that I let my guests introduce themselves. Um, so how how would you describe yourself and what you do? Perfect, thank you, Laura. So uh, you said my name is Natasha D'Souza. I am an emotional eating coach also a weight loss coach and also, yes, a transformational life coach. Uh, emotional eating first, because before we get into any areas of weight loss, I like to address emotionally women's 
particularly, and I know men can get involved as well, but women particularly, their emotional eating habits and what triggers them. And then if after those, um, you know, recovery from those eating habits, they're looking to lose weight, then move on to the second part of it. And then moving on to the third, which involves, you know, transforming their life, believing in themselves, because I do think they're all connected in their own ways in order for a person to be the best version of themselves. Amazing. So you working mainly with women? Yes, I am. For now, I'm working primarily with women. Uh, for now, this might change. Uh, I do get a lot of requests, to be honest with you. Uh, and it is a, it is a, it's not that I don't want to work with men. Um, I don't believe at this point I can share similar journeys to them. When it comes to women, there's a lot of similarities Uh, because I've been overweight myself and because I've had the struggles myself, you know, I can share that experience with them. Whereas men do have uh, a different aspect on how they handle emotions, on how they confront situations. So uh, when and if I am ready to open that door, I will, I will know. But for now, it's primarily women. What brought you from doing this um And being a coach, you know, like an emotional uh, eating coach, uh, uh, weight loss coach, transformational life coach. Um, I'm going to tell you something is, you know, when obviously with my HR background, you know, I love asking questions. And I think this yeah. is why I'm just doing like this <laughs> podcast because I'm really interested in two people. But when you told me about what you did before, I was like, wow, this is like amazing like you know i'm a makeup artist you're coming from the beauty industry and then you change uh your career but yeah so what did you do before what led you to become uh, what you do today uh certainly so um prior to as you know i worked at bobby brown as the manager there and i had a team of over 15. I loved my job. I loved uh, beauty application. I loved, you know, I loved everything about it. It was such an amazing world, the beauty world, you know, you're in it. And, um, but in relation to that, alongside my journey in the beauty industry, I've had my own story, which was, you know, losing 65 kilos, gaining some of it back, going through those struggles, uh, having life stressors come my way. And, you know, navigating my weight loss journey through that. And after I overcame it all, I realized that, my gosh, this is not easy. And I realized that if it's not easy for me, and it hasn't been, and I've now realized that this is what I need to do to be successful, not only to lose the weight, but to keep it off, uh, there must be tons of women out there. What inspired me to switch over to the career that I'm doing is, When I lost the weight, I always told myself, I want to do something in health and well-being. Um, I want to help women, you know, get to where I am and feel what I feel today and not feel like they're, you know, suffocating or not feel like they can never see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I tried. I tried a, diff a few different things. I said, maybe I'll be a PT, you know, maybe I'll go into nutrition. But nothing was really, nothing was really... I couldn't feel it. It didn't feel right in my soul. And um, over the last two years, I then certified myself and I had a woman approach me and she said, 
you know, you've done this journey. I'm just wondering if you could coach me on my weight loss. And while we went through her habits and we changed her life around 180, you know, just breaking it down for her and letting her see the light and letting her lose the weight in such a graceful manner. Uh, that's when my eyes opened. And I said, and I, every day speaking with her, every day seeing her journey, every day being there with her through her struggles made me realize if I can do this for her, I can do this for so many women around the world and be there for them, serve for them, you know, be guidance for them, their light, so that they know, especially when you have a lot to lose, Laura, it's, it's hard sometimes to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. So um, that's primarily why I did what I did and made the switch over and probably the best thing I've ever done. You know, um, when I was preparing our uh, conversation today, so obviously I went online um, though we had like an amazing conversation when I was doing your makeup, but I wanted to get more uh, information um, about you. And I went onto your LinkedIn uh, profile, and um, and on 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 your page, on your LinkedIn page, you are uh, sharing a picture of you before and you now. And I was like, wow. I mean, I feel, I mean, the transformation was like incredible, incredible. Um, what, what made you want to lose weight? Um, you know, for me, when... And, and when, when was it? I mean, can I ask you like, what yes. age, what age were you? How long ago was it? So I was at the age of 22. I am 33 now, so it's about 11 years ago. And um, when that happened, so I started it at about 21 and a half, let's say. When that happened, I had just visited the doctor and the doctor said, you know what, you're weighing in at 145 kilos now. You are considered morbidly obese. Your dad has diabetes. Your mom has high blood pressure. And I don't know what you're doing because you're literally signing up for debt in the next five to 10 years. That's exactly what you're doing. Wow. And while he, you know, used all his scaring tactics and he gave me this very standard diet, I just nod and I walked out and it, it didn't, it had no impact on me whatsoever. You know, it was not, nothing whatsoever. And that was in October. In January of that year, of the next year, I, I remember opening up my drawer and it was January 2nd and I seen the diet and I said, why not? You know, why not? It's a new year. Let me just try it. It's not like I'm going to succeed or anything of that. So let me just try it. And I remember asking my mom to drive me to McDonald's and I said, um, I just want to go to McDonald's. And I ordered, you know, two Big Macs. I ordered apple pies. I ordered a milkshake and and I ate all of that in my bedroom. And that was the last time I touched McDonald's. You know, uh, I'll go to McDonald's now and on maybe once or twice a year, but it's not, I'm not a McDonald's person, but that was the last time. And the next day I told my mom, this is what I'm following. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, and she's, are you, are you sure? And I said, yes. And the diet was very specific, you know, 10 pieces of broccoli for mid snack and, and carrots for lunch and and I did it. First week was hard. Second week was a bit easier. Third week was even a bit easier. And I said, I had no motivation anywhere else in my life. 
So giving my soul attention to this then felt okay. And then in, in return, seeing the progress of it on the scale also felt not too bad. So then what went from just trying to became being part of my living to then seeing five kilos drop off, 10 kilos drop. Oh, I lost you. Can you hear me? Oh, I cannot hear you. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Is your connection okay? Okay. Ah, okay. You're back. You can hear me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You so uh, I, I'm not even sure. Where, where did you hear me last, Laura? No, that you were saying that, you know, you uh, lost uh, five kilos drop off. Um, yes. Ten uh, kilos drop off. Yeah. And then that just slowly progressed to it reaching 65, you know, Um And that's when the switch really happened for me. That's when I started becoming the person I never was, experiencing things in life that, you know, girls my age probably experience at 16, 17, the attention, the, you know, the, the groups, the people talking to you, appreciating you in a different manner. Um, yeah, so that, that's pretty much when it happened and how it happened. Can I, can I ask you, like... Um what led you like to to uh to get to 145 kilos huh? like was it uh, something like i don't know yeah yeah no definitely it's a question i get all the time mm. and uh, if you were to, if you were to ask me this question about five years ago i wouldn't be able to answer it because i wasn't at a place to discuss it mm. um now i am i have been through therapy i've done some a lot of work as well to get to where I am today. But as a child, um, probably about three or four instances, I've been through uh, some sexual abuse, which then the trauma of that carried on to my teenage years. Within my teenage years, a very strong coping mechanism for me was food. Food was my comfort. Food was my joy. You know, food was my friend. Food was my go-to. Even though I was a very social person, it, being bigger, having the friends, it was my go-to. You know, when I would, I remember coming, finishing school and all I would think about is I can't wait to go home and eat the cookies and eat the brownies or whatever it might be because it gave me a lot of warmth. Uh, now, I understand that because my previous incidents happened right after school, that's immediately where I felt the most unsafe. And that's why I would seek food as much as I did, you know, and, and that comfort level and coping mechanism then became a habit. That habit then, you know, was used in every means of life, uh, school exams, stressors at work, and just continued on even after I lost the weight, to be honest with you, because that's where, that's where the real change happened. Um, And that's primarily why it went from, you know, being 65 to 75. To, I didn't even know when the weight creeped up. I didn't even know. I mean, I just stood on the scale one day and it was 120. And then two years later, it was 145. And it was actually shocking to see that number. Very, very shocking. And if I hadn't walked into that doctor's office, I probably would have continued to God knows what. Was there any reason to go and see this doctor? Well, we were just going for a routine checkup. You know, we were just there for a routine checkup. My mom actually was going to resupply her um, high blood pressure pills. So she said, why don't you come with me? You need your vaccine. And it was, it was, uh, 
it was his day to have a word with me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying this. So uh, you put on this diet that, from what you were telling me, looked quite restrictive. Yes. Yes, you can definitely say that again. Um, I mean, were you able to keep the keep the weight? Like, I don't know, did you have, or maybe did you have a goal that you wanted to achieve? Um, and were you able to to keep the weight for the past 10 years? Have you been able, like, yeah. yeah? You know, that's that's an amazing question, Laura, because this is where the journey really began. When I lost the weight, I was able to stick to the diet for two years, no problem. It took me two years to lose that good chunk of weight. And I remember going to my doctor's office that last time and I said, okay, I'm at my goal weight now. What do I do? And I was just moving to Montreal then. So I, you know, I'm moving away from home and I just wanted going to set on this new embarking journey. And what am I supposed to do? And I remember him saying, well, nothing. You just go back to living your life. You uh, lost the weight. You look good. Enjoy your life. Just like all other women or girls are that you've missed out on. And looking back at it now is probably the worst advice he could have given me or have given anyone that's gone through the journey that I have, because that's exactly what I did. I went back to living my life. I went back to eating the way I used to. I went back to using food as a coping mechanism when stress got my way. You know, I had moved to a new city, no family, no friends, you know, being a single alone person in, in a fairly new city. Um, I used that to I used food to cope with the stress. And before you knew it, it was five kilos, gained back 10 kilos, and then it was 30. So I didn't allow it to get back to the 65 total kilos that I lost, but 30 kilos is still a lot, you know? And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I had allowed myself to get that way. Uh, so yeah, to answer your question, it was very restrictive. It was, you know, living in a very controlled environment with no exposure to reality and real life. And, and that's why I believe I failed and get and got back to gaining back 35 kilos. How, how were you able to lose them again? Because, you know, sometimes you do like this, you know, restrictive diet and, and, and then you gain again for, you know, as I said, like, you know, a lot related to emotions that you can live through like the life. Um, But were you able then to lose them again? I did, but it got worse before it got better. So it was, you know, gaining weight as a child, it just added on year after year. But gaining weight as an adult was so different, especially because I knew what I looked like losing 65 kilos. So it got worse in the manner that that's when the binging started. That's when, you know, the juice cleanses started. That's when the cabbage soup diet, the military diet, the, the grapefruit, name it, like just name the diet. I have done it, you know? Um, and it was, it was a cycle. I would diet, go on vacation, come back, eat, lose, gain the weight back, maybe even more Then again, diet, because I've gained weight and it was, it just kept repeating and repeating and repeating itself. That went on for about a year and a half until I realized that I'm going nowhere. I'm actually going nowhere. So I went back to the basics, you know, I went back to understanding, should I be going back to what that diet was, which I tried as well. And that couldn't work. I couldn't fathom it. 
it was at this time that I realized that there is something more to what is happening in my behavior than just wanting to lose weight. I have no control with food. I don't know where to stop, you know, and it's, it's, it's at that time that I started looking into overeating. I started looking into emotional eating. Is this, is this, a problem. It, does this actually exist? Because I did want validation in some way, because I knew at that point that when I would compare myself to my friends or the people that are around me, that they didn't have the emotional attachment to food that I had. They were able to really separate their bad days, their bad experiences, their stressors from food. Whereas me, that was my go-to. Um, and understanding that in its greater depth, gave me so much understanding as a person because now I knew I had to develop new skills and put in that effort to develop new skills to deviate my mind from food in itself. Mm. Did you get some help at the time? Not at the time, no. What I did at that time was educate myself on nutrition. So I got certified in nutrition so that I really understood what food was about, you know, what dopamine levels are about, what endorphins levels are about. So at that time, what I did primarily for the sake of my sanity was workout. So that's something, that's where it started, the working out, that's where it started. So I, till this date, can fluctuate maybe in weight two to three, three to five kilos, but I will never sacrifice my working out because it gives me so much sanity, you know, so much sanity as a person. Yeah. You know, I always tell people, if I don't work out, the raging woman behind these doors, you don't want to see her. <laughs> you know, you I, can't, I can't believe that, Natasha. I, <laughs> <laughs> I always say it. I'm like, you don't want to see her. So a workout um, and understanding that really, really gave me uh, solace. So that was one thing I really committed to for years on end. But then understanding nutrition in its depth really then made me make better food choices. I still wasn't eating less, but I still was eating, say, more of the right foods, you know. Um, it was only after I transitioned to Dubai and understood what emotional eating was to its greater extent that I was able to say, I am now going to apply this to myself and take up all these new skills, such as meditating, such as journaling, such as learning how habits operate and using myself as the primary example to lose my last little bit of weight. And the moment that clicked, the moment that switch went on, it was like a like an aha moment, you know? And it was it's the best feeling. I even tell this to my clients today that, the minute that switch goes on, it's literally an aha moment. Yeah, the the I'm, I'm hearing this a lot, like you know, the aha moment, you know, the 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 moment that will enlighten, you know, your your mind and say, this is it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You feel it. You feel it. You know, you feel it uh, in your soul. You feel it in your gut. You feel it in your heart. Um, and I, and I, I pray and hope that every person can get to experience that mm. because it is, it's a beautiful feeling. It's absolutely a beautiful feeling. Are you, are you, so, um, I'm going back to my list of questions. <laughs> you know, see what I was saying that, you know, when I'm, I'm too, when I'm too into what, you know, my guest is saying, I'm just losing track about what, you know, the next question, but, um, uh, 
The main reason women would contact you, is it because they want to lose weight or is it because they want to maintain their lost weight or is it because, uh, what are the main reasons usually like women who would contact you? So it's, it's a bit of everything, to be honest, especially now more than ever, it's a bit of everything. Primarily, it is to lose weight. Primarily, these women have tried everything in the past. You know, they've tried diets, they've tried injections, they've tried balloons, they've tried everything. But because the eating habits, because their mental state was not addressed correctly, they have come back. And I always say this, if it just came down to exercise and food, we would all be roaming around in six packs. You know, we would all be in our fittest bodies, but there's so much more to that. There's so much more to routine, to habits, to addiction that we need to understand and break down where these women stand. Off late, I'm noticing a lot of women as well that have finished my program and want to stay on on a maintenance basis, you know, where they check in on an accountability side of things, just be like, okay, this is where I am. Uh, I may have had a slip up. What do you think? Where do I stand and go from there? And then I have women in a, another category as well, who may want to lose weight, but I will not open that weight loss door for them until the emotional eating habits are completely rectified, because opening up a weight loss avenue for them when your emotional eating habits are quite unstable will only make them more unstable and will make you lose more trust in yourself. So those are the three different avenues that people come in and I, I then categorize them and let them know what the program will be based on their needs. And then that's how we move forward. Mm. Um, do you, I mean, what is usually the goal of your client now? How how many kilos do they want to, to lose? So most of my clients come off wanting to lose anywhere 10 kilos and plus, um, you know, and because the journey is longer, it is a different type of journey as well. This is not a quick fix. This is not, you know, two months and you've lost 60 kilos, right? Unless you've done something out of the ordinary, let's say. It is a long journey and a long journey takes a different version of you. A long journey takes not a quick fix, a diet that you can follow. It takes you incorporating certain areas of your life that you've not done before to now make it a part of you. You mm. know, it, it, it incorporates, you know, truly loving yourself. A lot of these women can't even stand looking at themselves in the mirror, you know? So I have a question that I ask them, tell me three things that you love about yourself. And some of them have nothing to say because they, they hate looking at themselves in the mirror. They hate, you know, accepting the fact that they've allowed themselves to gain 30, 40, 50 kilos. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's usually, that's the weight range. I do have women as well that have 10 to 11, you know, five to seven kilos to lose, but their emotional eating habits and primarily maybe during the pandemic or maybe, you know, work stressors, family stressors. So their primary goal is please help me address my emotional eating habits. And then I know, and I see it all the time, the minute they have it addressed, the minute they know how to change their reward system, immediately those remaining three, four, five kilos just drop off, you know, because they were naturally never bigger. So the journey for them, if they can get the emotional aspect of it right and pick themselves up, then it's quite easier on the weight loss standpoint. Mm. 
In terms of emotions, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, since uh, you, um, you've been sharing your knowledge and helping women, you know, with your program, you know, you, uh, you've seen a lot, maybe some patterns uh, in, in that. I mean, is there any common emotion that you have seen or, or, or maybe trauma that you have seen that had led, you know, women to, to gain weight and, as you were saying, like, you know, to find the comfort into food? Yeah, um, two, I would say three of the most common ones are sadness, loneliness, and anxiety. You know, um, sadness is one, I mean, we see it immediately, right? We feel sad. We know, you know, something has truly upset us. And we then go to seek that emotional comfort through food. Um, anxiety is one that, you know, I, I remember I used to tell myself, I'm not an anxious person. I don't even know what anxiety feels like, you know? And now knowing what I know and doing what I do, I can definitely tell you I'm a very anxious person, right? And, you know, when I have a client tell me, oh, but Natasha, I, I don't suffer from anxiety. I don't have it. And I was like, well, you don't suffer from anxiety because you're feeding your emotions and you're not feeling it. The day you start feeling your emotions, you will feel anxiety come up. Anxiety to some people to myself, for example, feels like I'm getting choked. And oftentimes I need to breathe. I need to slow down. I need to journal because a lot of the day's thoughts have, you know, accumulated so much and my release has not been as impactful as I would like it to be. And so anxiety is definitely one of them. And then the third one being loneliness. Now, this is one that, you know, Sorry, people often... Just ahead. to go back to anxiety. Yes, yes. Because as I understand, this is quite difficult sometimes like to detect anxiety yeah. um do you have certain level of like of anxiety how does it um how does it translate um how does well it translates differently for every individual right differently for very every individual Sometimes if someone has experienced it and their level of emotional eating is maybe not too high, then they, they know that usually when I'm anxious, I start walking around and that's when I end up in the kitchen, open up the, open up the fridge and then go for it. Um, certain individuals have, that have not experienced anxiety immediately when something doesn't seem like it's going in their favor, they don't even, they've never even expressed the emotion to know that they've ever been through it. So immediate, and that's where the overeating is at quite an extreme level. So the way that's executed is just straight for food. You know, that separation of identifying emotional hunger from physical hunger is not there. They don't even know it exists. When they start separate and learning the separation between emotional and physical hunger, then they feel their own, you know, level of anxiety, which could be you know, breathing heavily, which could be, you know, being more fidgety than usual. So it depends on how their, in their initial reaction is. Some people have experienced it, some people don't. Um, but it's important for them to recognize some are more accepting of it than others, while others um, may live in denial for quite some time until they have their first anxiety attack. And then I'll get a phone call saying, Natasha, I felt it. I felt it. I couldn't breathe. And, and I smiled, not because they had their first anxiety attack, but because I know they had an anxiety attack and they didn't suppress it with food, which is, which is such a breath of fresh air. It really is. Because when you come out on the other side of your anxiety attack, 
without having it being suppressed with food or any addiction for that matter, you come out such a new person and that the the effects of that are instantaneous. This is not just, you know, you have to wait a long time to see it. You see it instantaneously, how good you feel after. So once they recognize or that, yeah, they're able like to identify um, their anxiety, um, uh, how do you say, um, uh, um, how do you say the, ooh, Help me. <laughs> Trigger, triggers. We're not triggers, but uh, what they can see, like not not the action, the um, the actual um, responses act- from their body. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean that will they stop overeating, or is that only like a first door being I mean, opening to indeed recognizing their emotions, and therefore from this not that they, you know, to help them to indeed like recognizing that they had like anxiety and how, yes. Yeah. Um, you hit the nail right on the head, uh, Lord. That's exactly what it is. It's the first door opening to recognizing experiences in their body, which they've, which some of them have probably never even experienced before knowing that this can and will happen if I don't overeat in this period of time, right? So what I usually have them do is write those emotions down, write those experiences down. So they're well aware of, okay, when an episode of this sort happens to me, I experience this, this, and this. Now, this doesn't mean that the next time it happens, they will not overeat, right? But they can now recognize the feeling and be very conscious with the fact that I need to now make a choice. I can either ride the wave of the emotion that I experienced last time and know that coming out on the other end, I will still be okay. Or I can choose to go through my old habits, which were eating it and coming out on the other end, feeling guilt, shame, and, you know, feeling unworthy, obese, and still wanting to lose weight because that's what some of them feel at certain times. And it's about you know, strengthening their desire, their want to make that right decision and know that you will come out okay on the other end. I have this philosophy as well in the program where I tell people, even if you fail, you fail forward, right? Because even though you have failed, even though you may have gone for the food, you now know that you have had that experience. You now know that this experience is common. You now know that you've experienced this again, So every opportunity that comes your way, whether it be an overeating episode, whether it be, you know, I went to the drive-thru before I got home, whether it be I was eating downstairs in the kitchen while my husband was upstairs showering the kids, you know, every episode is a learning opportunity, but it's recognizing it, you know, noting it down so that you remember it and then seeing what you can do differently, even if it's something minute, differently the next time around Mm -hmm. so that you get better from there. Yeah. You were talking about the third, um, uh, maybe cause like loneliness that could cause like uh, a way or gaining weight. Yeah. Yes. And so the third, yes, the third is loneliness. And this is one that people tend to overlook a lot. They tend to overlook loneliness a lot. And it, I've, I'm one that overlooked it. I'm, I've moved out of the house since I was 22. I'm 33 now. And I didn't realize 
that as, as, as many friends as I, I have, as social as I am as a person, I've lived by myself for the past 11 years. And sometimes I feel it, you know, I feel it. And I, and I didn't realize I also use that in certain aspects to order food or fear of missing out. And no, I have to be out. I have to be here. And being in a city like Dubai, although I cater to women around the world, being in a city like Dubai, especially for women expats that come here, have not made friends yet, you know, work in very stressful jobs, burnout adding to that, they too then start using food as a coping mechanism because they haven't probably met their friend circle. They haven't really, you know, um, had the lifestyle that they had when they were back home. So that does have a major impact. And knowing that when I'm alone, when I'm not around people, I tend to, you know, find comfort and happiness and joy uh, from dopamine hits that that only food can give me at this point. Mm. So does it mean that you need to be out all the time? Not really, no, but I would... And in these cases, uh, this is one of the other reasons as well. I have an accountability support group so that women have a source to share, you know, their experiences. They have a means of meeting new people, like-minded people, if need be, you know, support goes such a long way. Accountability goes such a long way. So if you are new and you are um, finding yourself lonely and you're finding that comfort in food, I would say, find that network of people, whether it be through an online community, whether, and Dubai is so good for that. It's so good for that. There's tons, there's meetup.com, there's Facebook groups, you know, um, and I have made some of my closest friends, including yourself, Lord, through Instagram, you know, through Instagram, truly my neighbor who I work out with six, seven days a week, we met over Instagram. She literally put a group saying, I want to put a workout accountability group. Does anyone want to join? And I said, me, you know, and we are so close now. And if I didn't put myself out there and make that happen for myself, I wouldn't have as an accountability partner. So it's about them detaching from this life, you know, and wanting more for themselves because that's what you want. You need to make the decision that I want more for myself. I'm making the decision that I want to be more for myself other than just sitting with food and finding happiness and desire there. Because when you have that want, when you have that will, you will then want to go out and hang out with a like-minded woman or men or whatever that might be. And those opportunities will come your way. But when you live in a closed box and say, no, it will, it will come to me. Rarely does that ever happen. Mm. Rarely does that ever happen. And that, continues your cycle yeah in what you do are you following a certain method or have you developed your own method i have developed my own method i've been taught a lot of skills i'm also trained in cognitive behavioral therapy for eating disorders um you know so i have a lot of skills but based on my experience my personal experience based on my experience with women i have now created a program where you know I can categorize where, which level each woman falls in and then move them forward to the next step based on that. Uh, with weight loss being the ultimate objective, yes. Uh, but like I said, I will not go to a weight loss standpoint or an extensive weight loss standpoint until I know you're able to physically manage yourself, 
when dessert is put your way, when you go to a party, when you're not secretive eating, when you're not nighttime eating, then I know you're in a safe zone to now lose weight. That being said, that doesn't mean that these women are not losing weight. <clears throat> the minute their emotional eating is not rectified, if anything, they are. And they're actually shocked themselves. They're like, how am I eating so much, but I'm still losing weight. Uh, but yeah, though that's the that's the structure in which I like to go in. And then the last being the accountability, the maintenance factor, uh, which is probably the most important because it's one thing to lose weight, but it's another thing to keep it off. But this is why I prioritize emotional eating because when you've learned good habits, when you have made them your part of your life, part of your day-to-day, you now go into the maintenance phase with these habits that are now part of who you are, which makes maintenance so much more sustainable. Mm. So first, just to do a recap, so first you would you would do an assessment with your client yes. where they are like emotionally, do they have, I mean, are you having like a conversation? I know that you have like a, a consultation as well, yes. um, 30 minutes yes. consultation. Yeah, I d- definitely. So I'll tell you the first stage is basically a data collection stage, right? I call this data collection and I allow my, my client to be the best in their habitat, right? And by that, I mean, it's like letting a person out into their most comfortable zone, because I want to know physically what you're doing when you're doing, what are your peak moments of eating? When are you going to the drive-through? What time are you waking up in the night to eat? And I, I, I don't want to start off by saying, this is your meal plan, go for it. I just want you to be you because the more I understand you, the more you share with me, the better I can help you, the better we can get through this together. Right? So the first Sometimes it's about two weeks. Sometimes it takes only a week, right? And it's purely data collection. From data collection, we then go to uh, tracking. Sorry, the data collection, what does it mean? So they have to fill a form or they are having with you uh, a daily call? or So they're having with me... They're having with me uh, twice a call twice a week. And data collection would be they would start tracking their food now, right? And their calorie... In- I will give them a calorie limitation, but it's very, very high, right? It's so high that they have not been on it because in their minds, they're thinking, great, I've started with a coach. My weight loss journey has begun, but they're quite far from beginning their journey. What we're doing here is really analyzing what you're eating when you're eating. So I give them those high calorie targets on purpose, but I also give them that calorie target to them knowing that, and I always get this, that's it, but this is so high. Don't you think I need to be on 1200? And I say, absolutely not. Just trust me, trust the process, right? Because I know that they will more, they were probably eating way more than 1800, 2000 calories anyways. And I now want to see where are their struggles. So that's basically what happens in this stage. I then also ask them to send me their their data entries that they're putting in with their food, just to see how much are they prioritizing breakfast? How much are they prioritizing lunch? Is this someone that works throughout the day and then uses all those calories, calls it intermittent fasting and then binges all through the night? You know, because I've seen, I've seen it all. I've seen, I've literally seen it all, right? And so analyzing that, breaking it down for them. Is this a heavy snacker, right? And then based on that, that based on how data collection goes, how 
they can manage to stay within a high caloric intake is when the real work will begin. Because now each habit based on snacks, based on lack of breakfast, based on waking up at 10 o'clock in the night to eat would need to get broken down in various standpoints so that hunger levels are met, so that the habit reward systems are met, you know, and it's a matter of trial and error. And what works, works really well. And we continue enforcing that. What doesn't work well, we'll have three different solutions to try. And we need to go what works best with and move forward. And like I said before, it is about failing forward. So say, for example, if you're someone that, you know, um, snacks after dinner, even though you've met your calories and things of that sort, we would then start with, okay, let's tell yourself, learn to say no and see if you can tell yourself tomorrow you will get a snack. And then tomorrow you have a lesser dinner and plan for a snack. This does two things. It delays the gratification that a person gets instantly from eating a snack, but it also builds trust with yourself. So I often get clients telling me, well, Natasha, what if tomorrow I don't want the snack? And I say, well, that's when you need to have it. Because while we're trying to change a habit, we're also trying to build trust with yourself. You know, so if you tell yourself, don't have the snack today, have it tomorrow, give yourself the snack, the snack tomorrow, but plan for it. Have a smaller dinner, maybe don't have a snack during 3 or 4 p.m., but give yourself that snack. So doing these kind of techniques and methods, even though they seem very minuscule and small, these are the tips and tricks that are needed in day-to-day living, especially mm-hmm. coming from an emotional eating standpoint, so that you can and will live your life daily without living in guilt, shame, and denial that, oh my God, I've just overeaten yet again. Yeah. So, so you start with this. Yes. See where they are at, like what are their habits? Um, And, and then from this, from this assessment, then you, and from the different, um, um how to say uh, trial that you would have done like you know you were saying okay let's see like the three options one two right. three what works best for you then from right. this you build uh you yes. build the program from from for them exactly so what happens next is now now that they're in a comfortable level to go in a weight loss weight loss zone now we're watching things such as protein, fat intake, carb intake, water intake, hours of sleep, all other factors that they already know of, because these are women that have been on every other program. So these are factors that they know of, but they are not ready to prioritize. So one- Sorry, sorry. So usually like women that would come and see you, they've already done other programs. Yes, 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 yes. And do you know why it didn't work? Uh, it's mostly so I've had women that have had gastric balloons I've had women that have had uh, stomach bypasses you know women that have had personal trainers lost all the weight and it all boils down to Natasha I lost the weight I looked great but when I look back at the pictures then I still felt fat and then before you knew it I couldn't stop eating again and then COVID hit and then work got really stressful and I gained all the weight back It's such a common pattern um, and food is always the common denominator between all of that. I just couldn't stop, you know, I couldn't stop. And that's where, that's what's most important because if you know when to stop, and this is why I tell you, I always fluctuate between three to four kilos because 
then the switch goes on for me that there's no way it's no, no way it's going to be 10 there's no way you know that's my buffer and it's about you can people fluctuate in weight but it's about making them realize that buffer and understanding that okay this is what what happens this is what's different this time around rather than all the other different instances that i've done it with mm. and go from there yeah yeah so you were saying that so you developing a program specific program for each of them Yes. So their program is developed based on the amount of weight they need to lose. Um, and in the beginning, it's not about macros. It's not about carb, fat, protein intake. It's about being in a calorie deficit. It's about eating less than you would. And I'll let them ride this wave out for as much as they possibly can. Because sometimes when they ride the wave out, they try to jump the gun. You know, they're like, oh, I've lost two kilos this week, especially someone that has a lot to lose. We'll see a big number on the scale being lost. So then they want to replicate those numbers being lost every week in their head. Then instantaneously, they think in order to rep keep replicating those numbers, I need to eat less. So that's another pattern that they could go down under. And, and I constantly warn people that go into that pattern. Don't do this because you're just repeating patterns that you've done in the past where it's all or nothing mentality and you're going to set up for binge, a binge. And nine times out of 10, that's exactly what happens, right? Nine times out of 10, they'll eat less, they'll eat less. I'm warning them, I'm warning them. And boom, they've, Natasha, I'm sorry, I've had a weekend and I just, you were so right. I don't know why I didn't listen to you, you know? And even at that point, even at that point, it is a learning episode. Even at that point, it is, you were right. I understand. And I am the person that they can trust now because I warn them, don't go faster than you need to. Slow and steady wins the race. The, the slower you, it takes you to lose the weight, the longer it will take you to put it back on. The faster you lose it, the faster it will come back on, you know? And once they understand the concept, once they understand that I just need to eat my normal amount and stay within a calorie deficit, I don't need to undereat to lose more. Uh, I don't need to jump, you know, some sort of 10 wheels here. Uh, and if I do, I will binge just like I have. Then they are able to go through their journey and it's slow and steady. It is slow. I will admit my program is slow and steady, but it gets results and they're long lasting results. When you say it's slow, it's how, how many weeks? Well, it depends really. It depends on how good you are with maintaining your eating habits. It depends on, so I have any and a person averaging from 0.5 to 1.5 kilos, let's say per week, right? Depending on how much they work out, because these are different incorporations as well. While we're building eating habits for someone, for a client that doesn't work out, we're also building movement habits. And I use the specific word movement because it's a lack of movement. These people have probably not worked out before, not even, you know, gone for a five minute walk. So if I have advanced a person to a point where now they're working three to four times a week, they're hitting their protein goals, they're, work, they're hitting their water goals, they're sleeping well, most definitely they'll see a greater loss on the scale. But if I have someone that's okay with losing 0.3, 0.5 kilos, but they still want to you know, have a good amount of processed carbs, not really ready to look at their protein, um, I don't push them. When my clients are ready, I know already two sessions before when they're ready, 
but they will know. And they start telling me, they're like, I think I'm ready to go to the next step. They know, you know, because when you push someone into a comfort zone that they're not used to, or that their body is not accustomed to, our body always pushes back to going back to what it knows best, to going back with what it's comfortable with. So slow and small increments doesn't apply a big shock factor for the body, for the mind. And it's easy to then make that transition to the ideal version of you, which is another area of the program that my clients work towards as well. Mm. What, what, what happens you know, when, uh, when they hit, they, they wait, go long? What happened next time? So next is, it's, it's a beautiful step. It really, really is a beautiful step. They're looking good. They're feeling good. You know, they've incorporated habits that, you know, I hear things such as, oh, Natasha, I went for a brunch yesterday. I did go over my calories, but I drank a lot of water and I had breakfast this morning. And those are, those are the, those, that's what makes me happy. What makes me happy is when you've being a normal person, as we like to call it, but you didn't do any compensating behavior the next day after. So you, you went out, it was your birthday, you enjoyed, you had some cake, and you don't feel the need to feel guilty. You don't feel shame. You don't feel like I've gone back to what I was, which is once you live in guilt and shame constantly because of your looks and your weight, you will constantly live in this cycle, this hamster wheel, and continue your repeated patterns rather than knowing that it was just a one-off instance, you know? It's really separating yourself from that all-or-nothing mentality, mm. and that's where we are. So when people usually reach that stage, they are at a maintenance standpoint, they are at a, a weekly, maybe a monthly check-in standpoint, doing good, doing okay, you know, this is how my eating habits. I do have clients as well that will call me and say, you know what, uh, I have not overeaten in a very long time, but this is what happened. Can we just hop on a one-off call just to just so that you can assess if everything's all right? And sometimes they'll book in two or three sessions. They don't really need it. But as an emotional eater, and if you've overcome it and you now have the tools in place to be the best version of yourself, you do live in fear sometimes that will I go back to what I was? Will I be that person again? And you will only be that person again if you allow yourself to be that person again, because overcoming this do re does require a different version of you. And you need to put in the work and the effort it will take. And I, and I, I say it very openly, this is not going to be easy. Mm. No to yourself is not going to be easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think this is, as you said, this is a, a transformation journey that you're going through. 100%. Um, when, you, when you want to lose weight and maybe a lot of weight, uh, I think it's indeed, you know, you have your appearance not changing, but as you said, like before, you need to change, you know, what you have in your mind and and this, 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 this construct. Yeah. Yeah, right. deconstruct. Yeah, yeah. Construct. You say it better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deconstruct. Uh, your beliefs. Yeah, 100%. They really need to be broken down, you know, and ripped to shreds for lack of better terminology, literally ripped to shreds. Mm -hmm. And what is good stays. What is 
absolutely garbage needs to go. You know, mm. it needs to go and, and not just go, but replaced with other habits that bring joy to your life, that bring you happiness and, and bring you happiness and joy outside of food. Because if happy, if all your happiness and joy is coming from food now, that's, that's not a very purposeful life to live, you know, and learning to bring that joy and happiness outside of food and seeing what you can resonate with, like the happiness that I found in working out in, you know, doing a lot of things that, that bring me so much joy now that I never even knew. And, and it's so amazing to hear those stories because I'll hear clients telling me, you know what, Natasha, I tried paddle boating for the first time and I didn't even know I could do it. And I love it. I love it so much. And, you know, I had someone else tell me, oh, Natasha, I've tried resistance training. And you know what? I'm actually really strong. I can lift weights. I didn't even know I liked it. That brings me so much joy because now I know this person's mindset has switched. They have found joy in something that they like to do and not only like to do, they believe that they're good at. When you believe you're good at something, you will only get better. You will only get better. So it's literally finding that joy. Uh, and, and this is why I say it's so much more to it than just the weight loss. The weight loss is just a positive byproduct that comes from it, from actually acknowledging all these factors and incorporating them. So it's it's truly an amazing transformation. I have a, a question uh, to go back a bit to what you were saying, but yeah, yeah, you know, you're going out, you have your brunch, you have your birthday party, you have a birthday party of of a friend, uh, you're just having friends coming over. Like you and me, we're going a lot to events, you know, because we're invited. So there's a lot of, you know, social events where uh, people are going and um, uh, how how do you, and sometimes, sometimes you don't know what you're going to eat. You know yeah. what I mean? Like um, you go to some friends or birthday party, you never really know what's going to be on the table. Is it going to be like uh, a seated um, dinner? Is it going to be like a buffet? Is the buffet going to allow you to... Um, to eat what you should eat. How, how do you manage this? Um, yeah. It's, you know, yeah. How, yeah. how do you yeah. advise your, your, your clients? Yeah, definitely. So this is one of the reasons why I do my two calls as well. I do one call in the starting of the week to prepare the client for the week mentally. And then I do one call just before the weekend. So Fridays is usually my busiest days, right? So the reason being is people have their birthdays, their brunches, their bar mitzvahs, the weddings and things of that sort. And they're like, Natasha, I'm so scared. I'm going to go and I'm going to mess it up, you know, but it's about taking the fear away from this event right? Because when you go into something with fear that you're going to overeat, what's usually going to happen is one of two things. Either you will not eat there, you will eat really, really good, and then you'll come home to make up for all that you didn't eat, or you'll go there and you'll say, forget it, I'll start on Monday, you know? So once we can go through that event and deconstructed yet again, it makes it easier for the individual to handle and every event thereafter. So, so I say, for example, if someone has a birthday brunch they're going for, I always ask them one question, very openly, very honest. What is your purpose of this brunch? Are you going to enjoy the company of your friends or are you going to, Natasha, I want to feel a little, you know, have a few glasses of wine and have fun. And I know when they say have fun, what they mean, you know, I know exactly what they mean. So based on that, we then create a plan. 
Make sure you have a high protein breakfast, you know, don't go empty stomach to your brunch. Now, when you go to your brunch, if priority is alcohol, make sure you're having things such as spirits, which are 67 calories versus 160 calories for a glass of wine. So making those choices before you go into those settings, you go in with such a confident mindset that you're like, I know, I know what I'm going with. I'm going in with 1500 calories. I know I'm going to have four drinks. I know I'm going to feel good, you know, Um, and then choosing your food wisely based on that. Maybe you can have a bit of pasta, but maybe skip on the bread basket. You know, I'll, I'll always ask them, where are you going? What's the restaurant? Let's pull up the menu. Let's see what you can have and what you can have. If it's a, if it's a setting in a household. So Natasha, I'm going for wine and cheese night. I'm a bit stressed. Okay, go for wine and cheese night, no problem. If you're going to have a glass of wine, make sure you're having a salad for lunch. Factor in those glasses of wine. If you're going to your friend's house, go in with, you know, a vegetable platter or something of that sort. So you have your own nibbles. So you're being a kind guest by bringing a plate of food, but you're also benefiting yourself in a certain aspect, right? Because you know that you have the tendency to munch. And while everyone's munching on their cheese and their grapes and their crackers, you then have your vegetables to kind of go to and enjoy and you're still enjoying in company. So it's little tips and tricks like this that you can that you can incorporate that makes you so confident, no matter where you go, you can tell yourself, okay, I can still enjoy because often people think that, no, I need to be a homebody. I can't go out. I can't do this because I will be tempted. And it's like you said, Laura, I have to go to these events, not only um, not because I have to, but also because I want to. It's part of who I am as an individual. Uh, you know, I love meeting people. I love connecting with people. And if I were to use food or the social setting as an excuse, I mean, I would I don't know, I would be such an unhappy person. So I really learned to incorporate that and, you know, make it a part of my lifestyle and, and teach that to other women that you don't have to live in that fear, you can enjoy, Mm. but there's limitations, especially if weight loss is your goal. If weight loss is your goal, there is limitations. And it's about making it work for you. Um, Question that I had is you were talking about protein. Yes. And uh, how, you know, you could get um, a high protein breakfast before going for the brunch. Why protein is so important and why would you have like a high protein breakfast, for instance? Yes. So one of two reasons I tell them to have a high protein breakfast, a high protein, anything uh, in pro- higher in protein keeps you fuller longer right? So in a satiety standpoint, they're feeling quite full before they even go into their brunch setting where they might want to overindulge in things that they usually wouldn't, right? I also recommend a high protein breakfast because this eliminates excessive carbs for breakfast. So if you have say eggs or uh, Greek yogurt with some protein powder, you know, your calories are quite dense, but you're feeling really full, right? So you've had a nutritious breakfast, high in protein, uh, you're feeling really full going in and you've saved a good chunk of your calories now for your, your setting so that you're not overindulging or you're not going overboard or you're not going with a lack of calories. So hence, I always recommend high protein. Another reason why I recommend high protein is so that your stomach is lined nicely, especially if it's my, my clients always give me this look, you know, when I ask them that question, like, you know, 
you know what kind of brunch this is going to be. <laughs> you know? They give me this look. And, and so in those, when they give me a very sneaky look, I was like, please have a slice of toast, you know, just, you know, make it sure it's a good breakfast. So um, that's why I recommend it that way, just so that at the, at the end of the day, they still feel like, oh, I still made this work for me and I still enjoyed. Um, and it's not about having the best of both worlds, but it's about incorporating this other world into your current regime um, so that it works in your favor. Mm. What do you think, or what is your opinion of cheat days? Or, cheat days. Yeah, or, uh. or <laughs> cheat day of the week. Yeah, you know, I don't like the word cheat. I don't, it's just, just as much as I don't like the word fat, right? I just, I, I don't like that word at all because from an emotional standpoint, it cheat feels like a door, a gate opening to you can have whatever you want, whenever you want. I like to use the word free, right? A free meal, Um, an open day. I like to use those kind of ter terminologies with my clients because it's, it doesn't have a trigger in their mind. When I tell them cheat, they, they can really take it to extremes. And not only them, myself in the past, when I used to hear the word cheat, cheat to me meant a box of donuts, eat as much as you want. Today's your day. And I, that's what kept me in the wheel. So very, very consciously. And even if they do say it, I said, it's not a cheat. It's a free day. If on Sunday to Thursday or Friday, you're maintaining your protein and you're eating salads for lunch on your Saturday, you don't need to have a salad for lunch. You can have that burger that you were craving for all week, but make sure it's within your calories. You can have those fries if you want. You want like me, for example, I, all I have on my mind is cheesecake factory cheesecake this Saturday. So it's on my mind. I'm having it this Saturday. I'm going to enjoy it, but it's going to be within my calories. You know, it's going to be outside of what I'm consuming, but I want it. I'm going to enjoy it. So I let them incorporate it in that manner um, so that they have that one day where they can kind of incorporate certain things that, you know, won't, won't impact their weight loss during the week and let them have a bit of a break in certain aspects, mm. but not refer to it as a cheat day, mm -hmm. but rather a meal, a free meal, an open meal that they mm. can, you know, have things that their heart desires. Yeah. Um, we are slight or in slowly going to the conclusion of this uh, amazing yeah. episode and, and super informative and, um, Um, but Natasha, who, who inspires you or what inspire, inspires you? What inspires me? Um, you know, I would say, I would say, God, that's a good question. Oh, that's a good where, question. Where do you get your inspiration from? You know, I would say some of my major inspirations are people such as, you know, Lewis Howes, Tony Robbins, you know, these, these are, even though they're men, they've really, really impacted my life in such a positive manner. Um, I always thought I was perfect for lack of better word, but listening to them, whether it be podcasts, whether it be online seminars has really brought out a version of me that I never knew even existed. 
you know, um, has allowed me to accept my flaws, showcase my flaws, and now help other people and other women do the same. Uh, so definitely that's, those are my two major, major inspirations. Uh, can you just, so I know um, uh, Tony, Tony Robbins. <laughs> yes. He's amazing. He's super yes. inspirational. I, I was listening to one of, um, he was a guest of the podcast of um, On Purpose, um, yes. hosted by uh, Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty, um, yes. Maybe yes. one or two months ago, I can't remember. It's really, really interesting, very inspiring as well. But who is Louis House? Oh, Louis House is, uh, is another quite a famous podcaster at the moment. Okay. Uh, he's an ex-football athlete. Okay. Um, and he himself as well has uh, had a very transformational journey. The reason I connected to Lewis House is because Lewis House, um, uh, the, the school of greatness, right? This the is, school of yeah. greatness, exactly. Okay. And he, um, as a child as well, has been through his own um, set of sexual trauma and, you know, how he overcame it and how he is the man that he is today is what pushed me to really push that gate open uh, because I lived in that for 30 years of my life, not telling a single soul, not even my parents, you know, because I felt so much shame that no one will be, no one will understand. So I remember him talking about it on a podcast and I said, wow, if he can sit there in front of millions of viewers and share his story, then it's safe for me to do so. So definitely, definitely he's, Uh, impact. I, I listen to his podcast every day, almost yeah. every day. Mm, amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Amazing. Yes. Uh, that's true. That's, you know, some people sometimes that, you know, they don't know us. We don't know them neither personally, but they would like trigger something and, and also tell us like if he can do it or if she can do it, I can do it also myself. hundred percent. Mm. If I could speak to him and you know, let him know how much he's changed my life. That's, mm. that's definitely, it's, it's on my bucket list. Let's put it that way. It's definitely on my bucket list. <laughs> to, to meet him and to tell him? To meet him and, uh, and let him know, because I would probably be living in a very deep, big rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, most definitely, most certainly. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I know that. Thank you. Um, So, okay. So I'm going to start listening like to uh, his podcast as well. I'm quite, I'm quite interesting. Oh, and, and amazing. Yeah. I, lo I love to listen to, uh, I'm listening to a lot of different kinds of podcasts, you know, about something like more business, uh, thing that, you know, will inspire me. Like for instance, indeed, like uh, Jay Shetty or uh, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, I'm listening to my husband as well. Joyce, you're listening oh, to amazing. me. You know that. <laughs> you, you need to share your husband's podcast name with me. I'm definitely going to start having a listen yeah. to that as well. So, so Joe has a podcast called uh, "People Not Numbers." Okay. Uh, and uh, because he works into like uh, people engagement, and yes. uh, and uh, he touched like a lot of different topics. So many different guests that he has. Some people that are doing some. Uh, a rapid transform um uh rapid transformation trainings or therapy. rtt yes, therapy yes. therapy not training yes. therapy through uh through marissa peers i believe 
Uh, uh, she's the one that organized the program, Rapid Transformational Therapy. Maybe, but he had like uh, someone else and uh, I can't remember his name. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and another lady who is doing uh, the EFT. So this is the emotional yes. uh, um, tapping. tapping. Yes. 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 So a lot of different people, a lot and business-wise, yeah. like coaching, etc., et whatever. So, uh, but uh, indeed, it, it's good. It, it's uh, yeah, I love I love to get inspired, you know, by other people. You're inspiring me um, as well, and um, and I got her so emotional. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's uh, and no, definitely have a listen to Lewis because he's uh, yeah. he's amazing. He's yeah. really really good, very inspiring as well. So since indeed, no, it, my podcast is about beauty, everything like inside, out, anything that, you know, will help you to feel better, you know, within our own body. And, um, and, and this is what you're doing. You're helping like other people, other women, you know, feeling great about themselves, you know, within and within their body. And, and uh, but obviously, you know, I'm also a makeup artist and yeah. uh, I love that. <laughs> everything like beauty outside uh, as well, but it can help us as well, you know, feel more confident about the, ourselves. Um, do you have any favorite um, beauty product? Or if you can name maybe like three of them, can be skincare, makeup, hair care, uh, or maybe a treatment that you have recently uh, tried? All right, so three. So I have to show some love for Bobby Brown. I've been there long. <laughs> I've been there long enough. I think it would be bad if I didn't. So um, my favorite product from Bobby Brown would be um, oh god, it's their hydrating water fresh cream. It's actually it's actually quite recent. So I have combination skin, um, and I know they're known for their vitamin enriched face base. I know that I've probably sold god knows how many in <laughs> days you know but my favorite product would be hydrating water fresh cream definitely it's uh, for my skin and it's so lightweight and it makes you know everything just looks so flawless definitely my favorite product so like and this that, is this sorry this is good for oily skin it is it is it's amazing okay. for oily skin it also has probiotics in it and i can tell the difference on the days that i put it on And on the days that I don't, I can literally tell, you can see my skin, you know, wow. uh, and I stopped using it for some time. And then I suddenly, I remembered I purchased one and I said, oh my God, I have to use this. So back to using that. And my second favorite beauty product um, would be, uh, I guess would be mascara. Yeah. yeah. I would get my lashes done before, but now it's mascara. So it's the Dior mascara that, uh, that you and I were talking about. Uh, no, sorry, my mistake, not Dior, Lancome Hypnos. Oh, yes. Would be, yes, Lancome Hypnos. I mean, both of them are amazing and I love yes, both yes. of them. Uh, the, the Dior Show iconic uh, mascara is amazing. The, yes. the Lancome Hypnos drama, I mean, I've been using yes. it for over 15 years and never yes. failed me. I remember yeah. when I was like in the corporate world, I mean, that was the one mascara that I could, that I would wear because I know that from yeah. the morning until late in the evening, yes. it would not smudge. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I absolutely love it. I yeah. love it. And, um, 
you know, it's one of those things I, it's a staple. It's a staple in my makeup bag. I have it all the time. And the third would be um, the YSL lip tint. You know, I love lipsticks, don't get me wrong, but a lip tint, especially since I work from home now and I, I find it a little too much at times to put lipstick, a lip tint and it lasts and it has a perfect pink berry color. I, I love it. I love it. That would be the three things that you'll always see me have anywhere I go. <laughs> and, and what is the one product that you always have with you? Always the YSL lip tint. The YSL lip tint. Yeah, it's a lip balm, lip tint. I always, always have it in some shape or form, but definitely the YSL. So I need to try this one now. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And someone gifted it to me, to be honest. And they're like, no, you should try it. And it was like an orangey creamsicle color. And I said, this would never look good on me. And they're like, no, you have to try it. And I tried it and I loved it. And I think that's where my, you know, my love for lip tints and lip balms with lip tints started because I didn't need to wear a heavy lipstick then, but yeah, it's beautiful. It's really, really nice. I'll try. I'll try it. I'm just like going to look. So this, this is a balm, right? Or this is an oil? This is a balm. It's, yeah. it's an infused oil. So the ones that I have are, uh, it rolls up. Yeah. And it's so creamy and the color lasts such a long time. So yeah. Natasha, who would you like to see next uh, as a guest uh, on my on my podcast uh, and that you might know and uh, who would I that, that I um, there's can I say one or two? You can <laughs> let's go for two. <laughs> you know, um, there's two people that I have in mind. Um, one is a good friend of mine, her name's Kelly Lundberg. Uh, she is a personal branding specialist. And the reason I think she would be amazing is because she also focuses a lot on personal brand and personal styling. And while that has to do with your exterior, it's what helps you build confidence. You know, it's what helps you promote yourself in the best limelight. It's the way you showcase yourself that people can look at you and take you seriously. So I definitely believe she's a great, great person to have. And the second, who I haven't spoke to in a very, very long time, but she's a very, very inspiring woman. Uh, she works in Estee Lauder and her name is Cecile. Uh, Cecile Fanson, if I'm not mistaken, F-A-R-S-A-O-N. And she's such an inspiring woman, such an inspiring woman. I believe she still works in beauty for La Mer, um, origins and um, another beauty brand okay. and she's so inspiring because you know she is so well versed in the beauty world so well versed with the, and she reminds me a lot of you Laura actually she reminds me a lot of you but when I was in uh, Bobby Brown she really truly was one of those women that I looked up to um, because she has a head on her shoulders she just knows what she's doing and she's such a she's such a supporter for women that want to do better and want to be better and I, I there's not a day I don't think about her so if she's listening to this <laughs> I hope she knows 
<laughs> okay, well, let's let's see who I who who I can have like on that podcast from this two. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so those are those are the two that come to my mind for sure. Natasha, where where can we find you? Where where how can we contact you? What's the best way? So the best way of contacting me is via Instagram. Uh, you know, I have my links over there as well. In about seven days, I should have my website up and running as well. So you'll be able to contact me via NataciaDeSouza.com then. But in the time being, it will be via Instagram at NataciaDeSouza. Uh, feel free to like, comment. If you have any questions, I share daily inspiration. So that's where I'll be. Yeah, and I can tell you, Like in the morning when I open my Instagram and when I see Natasha's stories that she's been awake <laughs> since like 4 a.m. And I'm just like, okay, so she's already lived like the whole day and it's 10 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> she's been to the Pretty gym, much. doing a walk, like starting her, like planning her day and everything. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. And it's at first it used to feel abnormal. Now it just... It feels like part of my life. And I and I was like, now people need to accept this version of me, you know? <laughs> so it's it's nuts. It's nuts. But, um, you know, give me like three more hours and you'll be seeing a whole different version of me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Because like 9.30, like she's out. Like, you know, you, you cannot yeah. contact her. Like she's, <laughs> she's in bed sleeping. That's it. That's it. Way beyond. I think yesterday it was 8.30. It's so sad. It's like absolutely so sad. <laughs> but I think this is when you don't have kids or uh, a partner as yet, it's a, it's a different life, right? I'm sure that will change as life changes, but that's how it is at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, I mean, because you're waking up like so early and then you're starting your day, you know, by your workout and then you come back, it's still early and you can still yeah. start your day and planning and, and working, you know, with, with your clients. So, I mean, this is just another rhythm, but I mean, I wish... Honestly, I wish I could be like in bed, like, you know, nine o'clock or nine thirty, and just like, oh yeah, I'm going to sleep until six. Someday, yes, we'll, we'll say that. <laughs> Natasha, it was, it was an absolute pleasure to, uh, to have you as my guest. And, uh, and, and again, you shared so much uh, today. Um, I'm sure that, you know, people, you know, will, uh, We'll we listen to the podcast and um, and take something you know uh, from from what you said. Uh, uh, how we can also balance you know our meals you know when you go for a brunch or birthday party or, yes. or whatever it yes. is. Um, but also how important as well it is to look into our emotions. Yes, thank you, thank you so much, Laura. It's a pleasure being on here. Pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for allowing me to be on your platform and really help women understand that, you know, there is more to weight loss and there is more to what they're going through. Uh, and if you need help or advice, I'm here. Exactly. And create the support system around you. I think this is yeah. what, you know, uh, I, will, I will take, you know, with me from our conversation. Thank you so much, Natasha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode today. If you enjoy it, please rate it with five stars, leave a comment, and share it with at least two of your friends. This will help the podcast to be more visible and high in the rank. 
I cannot wait to have you in my next episode to talk more about beauty. In the meantime, take care of yourself and remember, be your own kind of beautiful.